Hello, I'm Rhonda Nowak for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. This is the Literary Gardener for March 4, 2021. The topic this time is I'm Finding My Happy Place by Propagating Seeds Indoors. I'm always happy to be in my potting shed. It's a retreat from the cares of the world and yet a place for quiet, concentrated work. Monty Don, The Complete Gardener, 2009. British gardener, television host, and author Monty Don says he propagates thousands of plants in his potting shed every year. Lately, I've been spending a lot of happy time working in my potting shed, which is actually a bench set up in my 10 by 20 foot greenhouse. Although I only start a few hundred plants, I get immense satisfaction out of watching all of those tiny green heads poke through the growing medium and search hopefully for the light. In recent years, I've had low germination rates for seeds sown directly into the garden beds. So this year, I'm starting almost all of my seeds indoors. I don't believe there's only one right way to successfully start seeds. I enjoy experimenting, so I thought I would share what I'm trying out this year. I'm using netted core pellets to start some of my vegetables and annual flowers. Core is an organic material made from the fibrous interior portion of coconut shells. Thus, it's considered a renewable natural resource. The thin netting that holds the core in place is made from biodegradable material. The pellets are tightly compressed until they're submerged in water. And then the core expands to about two or three inches tall. I found that it's important to do this ahead of time, so the pellets have fully expanded and the core is evenly moistened throughout. Otherwise, it's difficult to sow seeds in the hard-packed core. When the core pellets are ready, I place them in trays with holes in the bottom for drainage. As my old plastic seed trays are wearing out, I've been replacing them with sturdier trays and drilling holes using a 3 8 inch bit. These trays are placed into larger, shallow tubs without holes for bottom watering. I like to use wooden shish kebab skewers for seed sowing. I use the blunt end of the stick to make a hole for the seed. And then I shake out some seeds into an index card folded in half and use the pointed side of the stick to guide the seeds into the holes. The goal is to get one or two seeds into each planting hole. This will avoid having to prick out extra seedlings later on, which could damage fragile roots of the plants you want. I use the skewer again to tuck the seeds into the core, and then I use an old kitchen sieve to lightly cover the seeds with a bit more core. The big advantage of using core pellets is that I won't have to lift seedlings from the medium when I plant them out into the garden, which may reduce transplant shock. I do wonder, though, how fast the netting will break down into the garden soil. Another potential advantage is that seedlings grown in core pellets will produce healthy root systems through air pruning. When roots make contact with the air that comes through the porous netting, the roots can self-prune and produce more branching. On the other hand, core doesn't provide any nutrients to plants, so I'm using the pellets only for annuals that will be transplanted or potted up fairly quickly. It will be interesting to observe how seeds in the core pellets germinate and grow compared to the seeds I'm starting in soil blocks. 
I bought a galvanized steel blocker that makes four two-inch cubes at one time. I've learned that the growing medium for soil blocks must be more moist than usual. The medium should clump together like Play-Doh. I've been using a mixture of one-third compost, one-third pre-moistened core, and one-third perlite. The blocker is pressed into the growing medium. Then the blocks are ejected onto a tray with drainage holes, and the tray is placed inside a larger shallow tub without holes for bottom watering. Each block has a narrow space in between for roots to air prune, and so the block can be lifted from the tray later on without disturbing the other plants. The blocker makes a small indentation in the center of each soil block where I sow the seeds like I described with the core pellets. I'm using the blocks for some of my vegetables and annuals, but mostly for perennials and other plants that will take longer to grow root systems before they're ready to be planted outdoors. The compost will provide nutrients to plants that will spend more time in the growing medium. Making soil blocks certainly takes more prep time and it's a bit trickier than plopping a core pellet into a tray. On the other hand, I like the fact that I can use my own compost for the growing medium and I don't have to worry about transplanting the seedlings so quickly. I tend to fall behind in the mad rush of spring planting. Also, the seed blocker is a one-time purchase, whereas core pellets must be replenished. I've learned that labeling each tray or row as I go is absolutely essential. I include the species and cultivar name and date the seeds date and the date where the seeds were sown on each label. I splurged this year and bought an electric labeler so I could attach the labels to sticks and hopefully the plant names will not smear or disappear after watering. I can reuse the sticks by peeling the label off. The real challenge for a successful indoor seed starting is to avoid too much heat and too much water. They can produce weak plants and attract fungal diseases, such as the common damping off pathogens. I use heating mats for my early spring indoor seed sowing, initially set at 65 to 70 degrees, and then I fiddle around with the settings based on what my soil probe says is the actual temperature of the growing medium. It's usually higher than the setting. I cover the trays in my unheated greenhouse on cold nights, but take the covers off during the day. Bottom watering usually works better for seedlings, but I do miss the top of the medium with water from a spray bottle. If I see green algae forming on the top, I add diluted chamomile tea to help prevent damping off. I've learned there's no universal formula for how much to water. I observe closely and use my shish kebab skewer to probe the medium. If it comes out clean, then I add more water to the bottom tub so the seedlings can draw up moisture through their roots as needed. Monty Don describes his happy place, his potting shed, as a highly organized environment where everything has its own place and is easily accessible. I wish I could say the same for the potting area in my greenhouse but I can say that I'm never happier than when I'm in the midst of starting new life by planting seeds. My garden to-do list this week includes sowing more seeds indoors, the second round of peas, radishes, and lettuce, cut back old growth from perennial herbs and flowers, and I'm going to be building raised beds in a new hoop house with Jerry out in Bandon. 
Before I end, I want to talk about uh, the debate between peat moss or coconut core. Many gardeners avoid using peat moss because it develops in bogs over a very long period of time. So most people consider it to be a non-renewable natural resource. In addition, extracting and processing peat moss for commercial use releases a lot of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere and transporting peat moss, mostly from Canada for the U.S. market, leaves a significant carbon footprint. Coconut core has been recommended as a more environmentally friendly alternative to peat moss because core is a recycled waste product. However, most core for growing purposes has been washed and processed to reduce its naturally high levels of sodium and potassium. Not only does washing the core use up a lot of water, 80 to 160 gallons per 1.3 cubic yards, Processing the core is carbon intensive. The majority of core is processed in India and Sri Lanka, so transporting it across the globe increases its carbon footprint. Something to think about when you decide which growing medium to use for propagating seeds. And that's it for the Literary Gardener this time. Thanks so much for listening and happy gardening.